Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Our gospel reading is from Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. Let us focus on these profound and powerful verses. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, come you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So last night we had trivia downstairs to help raise money for the youth mission trip next summer. Here are some of the questions we got wrong and some of the questions we got right. How many teeth does the adult human have? Anybody, re anybody remember? 32. How many books in the Bible are named after women? Two. And they are Ruth and Esther. The TV show The Rockford Files was set in what U.S. city? Los Angeles. 
If you measure a cow by feet up to the shoulder of the cow, how tall is the average cow? Yeah. I think everybody who said four should get it right, but the answer that was given was five. Which drupaceous fruit was at one time banned from Hawaiian women to eat? The coconut. <laughs> and more to the point of today, which, what is the name of the last Sunday of the Christian liturgical calendar year? Christ the King Sunday. And what is the purpose of Christ the King Sunday? That we recognize that Christ is the Lord over all creation. I have no reservations about standing before you and reminding you to put God first when it comes to your finances as we think about stewardship because Christ is the king over all of creation and that includes the king of this church. I jokingly put on the, the crown, but the crown is not mine to wear. It's none of ours. It is Christ's crown. This is Christ's church and Christ is the Lord of this church. And this church is as good as a place as any for you to channel your money. We are not perfect in what we do. Nor is any other organization that might be a good place for your money. But as Dennis and Shirley said so wisely, this is a place where we can reach people who may never even know our names. This is a place where we are charged with the care of people's lives and most importantly, souls. Church is not just about doing good and learning to do good. We don't need to worry about whether that we're the sheep or the goats that Christ separates at the end of the great judgment. It's not about that. It's about the fact that Christ is the king over all of creation. Church is about providing you with a space where you can intentionally give yourself to the king of all creation. Church is a place where you intentionally recognize that the spirit of Christ is working in your life and within our community to shape us all into the likeness of Christ. So sure, you can give part of your tithe to other organizations like I do, perhaps the Red Cross and the United Way, that is fine because Christ is the Lord of over all creation. But just like a drupaceous fruit just has one seed at the core of its, of its, of its fruit, we just have one purpose at the core of our existence. And unless you want to tend to the soul work of your life, the most important part of yourself is your soul work. And if you want to tend to that out in a cornfield tent each and every Sunday, unless you want to do that, it takes money for heat and for light and for staff and for paper. We are not perfect, nor does God expect us to be so but we can do what we can to be faithful to our calling. And I believe that we do that. And we do it 
fairly well in this place. I see the youth mission trip and how it changes youth's lives who are hungry for God. And so I can say that your money is put to good use. I see the way that we care for each other in times of grief and loss, and we have had our share this year. So I can say that your money is put to good use here. I see people inspired and touched by our worship services, so I can say that your money is put to good use. And I can see that our doors are open every Sunday to feed the least of these in our community, our neighbors who live right here in Muscatine County, just like it says in Matthew 25. So I can say that your money is put to good use. I give money to this church. Laura and I give part of our income because I believe in what we are doing here. I have no hesitation about giving stewardship sermons from this pulpit because I believe in the church that you have been in the past. I believe in the church that you are now, and I believe in the church that God is calling us to become. Christ the King Sunday means that Christ is the Lord of your finances and of your pocketbook. And I would be the first to admit that that's a pretty scary thing to admit. But it is our Christian proclamation. And I can share with you that as Laura and I have held our hands together and prayed over our commitment card, we are scared that there is not going to be enough that if we give full 10% of our monthly take-home, then something might happen. But I can also say that as each year we have committed to give more and more of our money away, that it has brought us joy and peace and a freedom from fear and anxiety. For Laura and for me, stewardship has helped us to have more of a balance in all aspects of our lives. And I know that when my life is in balance, I'm much more content and much more joyful. Each year as we have made our way up to a 10% tithe, we have actually felt that we have gained by giving more. What people normally do is we say, okay, I'll just wait until I get my affairs in order. And then, that's, when I get that to that point in my life, then I'll be able to give more to the church. But the problem with that is that we never get to that point where everything is just the way we want it to be. There is always going to be something that is going to pull you away and make a claim on your life. So the strange gift about giving money away first is that it puts the rest of your balance, your finances in balance. The idea of giving 10% comes from the Bible. And as with most things in the Bible, there is something really profound and wise about that commandment. It's not about guilt. It's not making sure that you are a sheep on the right hand and not a goat on the left. But the Bible usually talks about giving the first fruits as an offering of love, an offering of gratitude, and an offering of joy.
Almost everyone who I hear talk about giving to the church says the same thing. It's a joy. And think about the most joyful people that you know in your life. And I would wager to claim today that those people are also the most generous people that you know. So you don't wait to become joyful before you get generous. You actually become joyful by being more generous. Some of you know Maggie Curry from MCSA, and she has this phrase at the end of each email that she sends, we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. And if you know Maggie Curry at MCSA and how she lives this out in her life, she's not concerned about how much money she makes. She is concerned about impacting the lives of other people, especially the least of these in our community. So I'm grateful for people like her that continue to teach me about joy and generosity. And I'm grateful for people like you and who do what you do each and every Sunday and as you go through your daily life that you have shown me the joy of generosity. We do such great work here in this place, and thank you for that. Some more specifics to give you. In 2010, our average pledge was $3,031. In 2011, this year, our average pledge was $29.55, which means we had more pledges come in, which is good news. A mean or an average can be misleading, though, because you can have some really high numbers at the top end, or you can have some really low numbers at the bottom end, and those numbers will skew your average one way or the other. So the median pledge is also helpful to know, and our median pledge is $1,500. And what that means is that we have just as many people giving more than $1,500 as we do giving less than $1,500. And so what we might do as a goal together is to work on increasing that median pledge up to be more close to our average pledge, which is about half right now. The more people who give at least $1,000 a year would help our median pledge to go up. And everyone who is working full-time needs to make sure that we're giving more to God than we are to our cable bill, to our cell phones, and to iPod 2s. Christ is the king of the cell phone and the, and the cable TV and the iPod. There's nothing wrong with those things but make sure that you spend as much time thinking about your giving away of your wealth than accumulating things. Perhaps a goal that we could establish is to give 1% more of your income than you did last year. So let's give some examples. If you make $100,000 a year, and last year you gave $1,000, that means you're giving 1% of your income. My offering to you would be to, be to increase that by 1%. Give $2,000 
this year. You won't even miss it. That's less than $100 a month, and you can afford that. If your spouse doesn't believe in tithing, then just work on your income alone. You set the example with your life. The thing about 10% is that it is a percentage. And a percentage stays steady regardless of what you're making. It always represents a portion of what you have, whether that is a lot or a little. So instead of saying, well, I give $500 to the church and that's fine because they don't need any more, they're not hurting. Instead, what if we said, regardless of what I bring home, I will give a certain percentage of that away. So if you get laid off, you still give the same percent of your income. If your income goes down, that percentage goes down. And when you get that bonus, you still give the same percent of that bonus away. I think we've done better and better each year to talk more openly about money. Money is something that if we don't talk about, then we reveal how much of an idol it is. And if we talk about it too much, then we reveal how much of an idol it is. I think we're finding a good balance. And I'll tell you a little bit more about my situation after having to get a new roof in 2011, this year in April, and after owing over $2,800 in medical bills and an unexpected car repair that still in the shop, and I know it's gonna be at least $900. I know I'm not going to make my commitment for 2011. But I also have a certain peace about that. Christ the King Sunday reminds me that I'm giving not so that God will love me. I'm not trying to buy my salvation. I'm, I'm not trying to get into heaven and to avoid eternal punishment. What I am doing is, is I'm giving because Christ is the king. And that includes Christ is the king of my life. So it's not about guilt or shame. It's about love and gratitude and joy. Christ is the king of my life. And Christ is the king of this church. And Christ is the king of all of creation. And that includes your pocketbook. And your giving to the church makes a difference, even if you don't even see the results. We have so many good things happening here in this church, so many signs of vitality and fruitfulness and faithfulness. So give what you can and then give a little more. I'll re remind you what our scripture says from 2 Corinthians chapter 8. My friends, we want you to know that the churches in Macedonia have shown others how kind God is. And although they were going through hard times and were very poor, they were glad to give generously. They gave as much as they could afford, and even more, simply because they wanted to. They even asked and begged us to let them have the joy of giving their money for God's people. And they did more than we had hoped. They gave themselves first to the Lord, just as God wanted them to do. So don't give because the church needs your money. 
give because you need to give. 